Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building, which is actually hashtag Divine Color Wall. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's Pastor Michael Petit with the Sunday Sermon from March 7th, 2021. So I titled this, Know the Son and the Cost to Follow Jesus. And the reason why I said, Know the Son and the Cost to Follow Jesus is because one of the things that God put on my heart uh, when when we first started, I had to sit down with Joe, and when you go through the church plant thing, and you have to figure out where you're going to plant, and what are you going to do, and and what, uh, what direction that God is moving you. And one of the things that really... Uh, hit my heart with something that that God I believe that uh, the Lord placed in my heart, which is sun, salt, light. Now that's easy for me because of beach. Now when I talk about the sun, I'm talking about S O N, and so knowing Jesus Christ, and then being the salt and the light, and that's what we want to be in this community. And so the first thing that we're going to look at is what it means to actually know the sun. That's what we're going to deal with this week. Then next week. We'll actually look at what, did it, what is it to be the salt and the light. And then beyond that, we'll actually look at what it is actually to have a relationship with God, to grow with God, and then we'll be at Palm Sunday already. And then the following week's Easter Sunday. We're right around the corner uh, from Easter. Our first communion will be on Easter Sunday. And that's why we didn't do it today. I was like, if we're going to do it, let's do it on Easter Sunday. And and uh, and so and then then because we're Calvary Chapel, we'll start the book. We're going to be in the book of Mark. We'll go verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And uh, and actually, when we start Wednesday night Bible study uh, this this Wednesday at 7 p.m., we'll be in the book of Nehemiah. And so uh, I I taught that for the men and it was something I really wanted to slow down uh, because we were doing chapters at a time. And I thought it would be a lot, lot more fun if we can really dive into it and have a, a, a great Bible study with that. So, so I, like I said, I entitled this uh, "Know the Son and the Cost to Follow Jesus." We'll look at it in three parts: a choice of comfort or the cross, a choice to stall, uh, and a choice requires an undivided heart. In verses 61 and 62. And so as we look at that first verse, we see that it says, as they were going along the road. Well, one of the things we have to, we have to figure out is what road are they going on? Uh, one of the things that we see, if we go a little, a little further down in the verses in Luke chapter 9, verse 50, 51, it says, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent his messengers ahead of him, who went and entered the village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. So here we go. He's drawing his face and, and setting his face to go to the cross. And so as we look at these scriptures, that's why we have to understand is like we, we have to understand is as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. 
Jesus is going to the cross. And a lot of us don't want to do that. Right? We don't want to deny ourselves and, and pick up our cross. And, and uh, it's one of those things that we struggle with because of our flesh. And, and this young man that comes up to him was very eager. He was excited. I can remember when I first gave my life to the Lord. I gave my life to the Lord and I went back that next Sunday. I was like, I gave my life to the Lord and I thought everything was going to be fixed. I thought Teresa and my marriage was just going to, like there was some, like some genie just rubbed the bottle and everything was just going to be fixed. That's what I thought. And, and, and one of the things that, that I found out is, is uh, God had to do a work in me still. And, and, and that preparation that needed to happen. And, you know, a lot of times when we, we talk about knowing the Son, a lot of times people, and, and this is one of the things that I, I've, I've come to know, and, and, and those that do a lot of evangelistic work, uh, people know who Jesus is, but they don't know Jesus. They don't know why He came. They, 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 they know Him and think, okay, all roads lead to heaven. But that's, that's not what we see in Scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3-5, through 5, it says, For I delivered you uh, to you first of all that which also received that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen by Caiaphas, and then by the twelve. I love this verse because it, it says twice according to the Scriptures. This is why He came. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and He rose again on the third day. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-11, through 11, it says, Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though He was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but He emptied Himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. We're going to stop right there just for a second. Three things that God is, is we see Jesus does here. Uh, one of the first things he does is, is we see that he humbles himself. Humbles himself to, to be obedient to the point of even death, death, death even on the cross. So when he turns his face... To, the, to Jerusalem, He's turning His face to the cross to be obedient to the Father. Right? And then the next thing we see is He's doing what? He's being obedient. Part of us walking with the Lord, if we've come to know Christ, is obedience. Is being obedient to the Father. And then finally, we see that, uh, that He emptied Himself by what? Taking the form of a servant. The Son of Man came to what? To serve, not be served. And, and unfortunately, uh, we have to remember as we, uh, we come to know Christ, we, we're called to serve. And so we're supposed to be a humble servant who's what? Obedient to the Father. And then we see, you know, it says in verse 9, Therefore God has highly exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we see that Jesus, you don't choose to follow Christ here on earth. If you don't want to know the Son while you're here on earth, 
the choice is made for you. And and you'll have people say, you know, I, I, I don't believe in Jesus. You'll have people say, I believe Jesus is a good person, uh, like a Gandhi. I've heard that before. And I'm like, no, He's the Savior. He emptied Himself and, and went to the cross for us, for our sins. And at some point, you know, every knee should bow in, in heaven and on earth and even and, uh, and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You're either going to choose to follow Christ here or you're going to know you're going to know when you take your last breath here on earth that He was Jesus Christ the Lord and your knee will bow. And we, we, we don't preach that enough. We don't preach the blood of Christ. We don't preach why He comes. And that's an important thing. That's why Calvary Chapel, we teach the whole counsel of God. We go through verse by verse. It's like we, we have to know these things and be able to, to share these things when we're, when we're talking to people about who Jesus is, who the Son is. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory as only the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, who is the Word? In John chapter 1, verses 1-3, through 3, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And so who is the Word? Jesus. Right? And, and so knowing the Son, when this man comes and runs up to Him, eager, ready to serve, and say, I will follow you. Right? And, and that's a great thing. Because really what happens is if you have somebody that has that heart, that has that heart of a servant that's saying, hey, I want to serve. I just came to know Christ. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. They need discipleship. They need somebody to come alongside of them and help them. That's very important for a church. But watch what Jesus says in verse 58. He says, as, as a young man says, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus, these, these three responses, Jesus is UFC fighting here. I mean, he's just straight up bare knuckle. Throwing it down. I'm talking about the old UFC. Greg knows what I'm talking about. I'm, back in the day when they had Tank Abbott and all those guys, they would just knock you out, man. But it, this is Jesus' response. It says, Jesus said, Foxes have holes and the birds of air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay His head. And you're like, whoa. So you're telling me I could be homeless tonight. Right? And, and, and through that excitement, you know, here's that young man. You can probably imagine the winds being taken out of his sails. Like, am I really wanted, Am I going to do this? Like, I could lose everything. And see, one of the things that Joe shared with us this week as, he, as we met with the School of Ministry guys, one of the things he shared is he talked about uh, uh, our walks in Christ should always be knowing and growing. Knowing the Son and growing but one of the things he shared he's like is if when you come to know christ and you've been forgiven of your sins you make that choice you've been justified just as if you didn't sin your past your present your future sins are forgiven but then you're supposed to grow that's what sanctification and the other thing he said is he goes what we need is we need consistent and commit committed christians that actually impact eternity 
that actually make an impact in, uh, for eternity. And so one of the things we have to be careful with is we have a lot of religious... And I, I don't like using the word Christianity. No, I, I, I ask people, are you a follower of Jesus? Are you a follower of Christ? Because Christianity's got an, a bad rap. Because of why? Christians. That, that's a harsh thing to actually talk about. And, and, and honestly, we, we're seeing, you know, as we see cancel culture, we're, we're seeing this new woke, progressive Christianity being taught. Yeah, I, I, and I, I had shared with Joe a couple weeks ago in, in, uh, in Nashville, they had a church that said that, that the Bible isn't the Word of God. And that's what the pastor's preaching. And I'm like, I have no clue how you're a pastor. Because that's not, the Bible's without error. There's nothing that needs to be added to or taken from it, but there's a lot of people playing religion. And, and so one of the things I love is in Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. We'll look at these verses. It says, And one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house, and he reclined at the table. And you all know this story. It's the woman of the alabaster jar, right? The song that we know so well. And, he, and behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner... We, when she learned that he was reclining at the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. Now, a sinner. We need to remember this. This is a common area of the church here, right? This is a common building. But how many times are we judging people when they walk through the doors? Are we loving on them? And, and, and not judging them and understanding that they need Christ just like we did. She walks into the Pharisee's house. Can you imagine the courage this would have taken? But that's how much she was going to Christ. She's, going, she's, she's got a direct course where she's running right to Christ. And it says, And standing behind Him, at His feet, weeping, she began to wet His feet with her tears. and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. That alabaster flask was the only thing of value she had. That was it. And here she is anointing the, the Lord's feet. And, and it's, there's uh, in one of the, I'm trying to remember the other verse where Judas actually complains about the cost of the Oh, we could have fed the poor. And I'm like, dude, you're fixing to go get paid by the, the same people to, to betray Jesus. You know? So that lets you know that you're going to have people in the church that are playing. If they were next to Jesus, they're going to be there. But I love this because this is when we see the contrast of what a follower of Christ is and then the, the religious. We see in verse 39, it says, Now when the Pharisees who had invited themselves... Uh, invited him, invited him, saw this, he said to himself, I want you to make sure you get that. He said to himself, okay, not out loud, here. If this man were a prophet, 
He would have known who, it, who and what sort of man, uh, so, what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Right? He said to himself, but what does Jesus do? And Jesus answers him, answering him said, Simon, I have said something, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. So Jesus knows what's going on here. And that's the scary stuff. Right? So God knows what's happening here. Right? That's why he says, you ask me into your heart, right? The Lord of my life and the heart is the center of us. And, and that's why we're supposed to take every thought captive. And all because the stuff going on up here, you can even be in church and have stuff going on. And you're like, where is that coming from? And you have to ask the Lord to help you with that stuff. But Jesus answered him. He says, do you see this woman? I entered, uh, entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came in, she, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven uh, little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Right? Now, you could say, man, Jesus it was in my head. He knew what I was thinking. I need to get right. Nope. Then those who were at the table with him uh, began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. See, she valued life greater than, she, than whatever she could offer. The only thing she had of value to offer was that alabaster flask. And that's why Jesus is saying, Hey, look, if you're going to follow me, you may have nowhere to lay your head tonight. You need to have a light touch on the things of this earth. And, and, and understand, we have the religious people. They're around us. We're always wanting to judge. And, and who's the true follower of Christ? It's pretty evident, right? Is it the Pharisees who knows and studies the Word of God every day? And he has the Messiah sitting in front of him and misses it. But it's a woman with a reputable reputation who's a sinner. And, and I'm going into the Pharisee's house. They wouldn't have had nothing to do with her. At all. There was no way for, as far as the Pharisee was concerned, she was, she was done. She can't be forgiven of her sins. And Jesus is saying, hey, I forgive you. And sometimes we forget who the, when we're looking at, our, at the Bible, we need to look at who, is the, who knows the Son, who's the follower of Christ, who understands what the cost of following Christ is. It's not because you can quote a bunch of Bible verses. I've met some people that that have just a wealth of knowledge. But they're just playing around. They're just casual in their, in their faith because they have it up here, but it doesn't come out and, and, and displayed. There are no salt, no light. And, and they, they'll quote you Scripture. They'll quote you what you're doing wrong. 
but they're not living it. That's why Joe shared this with us a couple weeks ago and I loved it. Because I think one of the things that's going to keep you from growing is sin. Sin. First Peter chapter 2, verses 1-2, through two, it says, So put away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. And we'll talk about growing in a couple weeks. And we're going to spend some time in that because it's very important. And so he tells them, you have nowhere to lay your head. So you have to understand that when we're... Just think about how many of us were in our cars for the power outage. We were in our car. We had people, we had people sleeping in their... There are $150,000, $200,000 homes sleeping in front of their house. No power. People lost water. We met a lady yesterday, 83 years old, in Lytle, Texas, still doesn't have water. And, and, and she had to go down a, a ramp just to get to her car. And you think about, like, how much, how much, did, how much did that affect us? Like just the fact that you couldn't you couldn't go and make coffee in the morning, you know, and people were freaking out. They were losing their minds, and that's why Jesus is saying, "Hey, look, some of this stuff that you have has a, a greater grip on you than it does than you have on me." Right? It's like you're supposed to. I'm first. I'm first, and and so what happens is I think we struggle with comfort, right? That's why he's telling them, you're not going to have nowhere to lay your head. And he's struggling with comfort. And that's why he's saying you're going to have to choose what? The comfort or, comfort or the cross. And so that's why in Luke chapter 9, verses 23, one of the things that we have to do is we should be having a funeral for ourselves every morning. That's a harsh thing to think about. Right? But to die to ourselves, to actually, Jesus said, he said, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily for, to follow me. What is the cross? It's an instrument of death. It's not a pretty necklace, right? We wear them as that. But in that culture, it was an instrument of death. And so it's, not, it's something that we have to remember in our relationship with Christ. It comes above everything. And then we have to ask ourselves, is there a relationship that we have that has taken precedence over our Lord Jesus Christ? You know, I, it's, it can be idolatry. It was, for me, it was my wife for a long time. If, 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 if I didn't get a, I love you, my day was crushed. Now I get that from the Lord. Whether, you know, she tells me or not. I mean, she does. But I mean, back before Christ, it, it was like, that's all, it was idolatry to me. And that was a sad thing because it, it, it you know, I had put that relationship above everything else. And so when we're talking about comfort here, we're, we're talking about those things. And, and that's the problem with these verses is they make us very uncomfortable. We're like, Jesus would really say that. And it's going to get worse as we move down in the verses here. But one thing we do need to remember is that God is asking us, is, is He saying, hey, you're not going to have anywhere to lay your head. Are you willing to give up your time, your talent, and your treasure for the Lord? And, you know, Joe, Joe always told us the last thing that was uh, 
that was saved as our as our checkbooks right now we don't have those anymore we got bank cards and stuff so and all but we have to be careful with allowing things to be idolatry because we never know when god is going to call us home to be with the lord and then we see in luke 59 and 60 we see a choice to stall or not and so we see here it says to another he said follow me but he said let me tell you something when you see a but and it's not god it's a problem right so he goes follow me but he said lord let me first go and bury my father and jesus said to him leave the dead to bury their own dead but as for you go and proclaim the kingdom of god now we're going to deal with a couple things here because the first thing you're going to think man jesus is not going to even let him go bury his father we'll talk about that but first i want to make sure you get something here it says lord let me first go right follow me lord let me first he gives the but and then he says lord me first now we have a me ministry in america a me first ministry and and honestly that's something that that uh y'all know them those are the self-centered uh narcissistic everything's about me and and um and that's not what God calls us. I mean, we we can't say, Lord, no. It's always Lord, yes. Because if, if it's Lord, no, He's not our Lord. And so we need to have a Christ-centered life. And so, Lord, me first is not the answer you want. And all. And He says, uh, bury my Father, right? I need to go bury my Father. This phrase actually, uh, as we see, as he talks about, is his father dead, right? This phrase could actually be used in the present day. So uh, one of the things that uh, he may have wanted to stick around until his father died. Because in that culture, actually in the Middle, East, Middle Eastern culture, and uh, G. G. Campbell Morgan actually uh, had wrote about this. He talked about when he was doing missionary work and, and, uh, in the Middle East. And he had a young man that was his guide and also interpreter. And he tells him, the, the young man tells him, I'm not going to be able to go with you any further because I need to bury my father. Right? Same expression. And then he goes, well, he, he expressed sympathy to him. Like, man, I'm sorry your dad has, has passed away. He goes, oh, my dad's not died yet. I, I have to stay here until my dad passes. And so that was an expression that they would have. And so we're not sure. You know, there's commentaries that talk about whether or not his father is actually gone or whether or not he's, he, he's actually waiting for it. Another thing is he could be waiting on his inheritance. I need to get that inheritance before I go, right? Because that was something that they would do in that religion. The other thing would be, my dad don't want me to go with Christ. So I'm not, I, I got to wait till he dies and then I can go because I, I don't have to deal with that. I won't lose my inheritance. But all of these things were religious duty. That's what Jesus was getting at. It was a, it was a religious duty for the son and so he was, he was stalling. He was procrastinating. 
And Jesus let them know that uh, to follow me is, is not something you do later, it's something you do now. If you're going to follow me, you follow me. That's what he says in Luke chapter 6, verses 46. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and, and, do, uh, and not do what I tell you? Man, I have had many discussions with people when I ask that. If you call them Lord, Lord, why don't you do what He tells you to do? Right? It's in the Word. John 15, four verses, uh, 15, verses 4 and 5 says, Abide in Me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear, uh, bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in Me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in Me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. From apart from Me, you can do nothing. And that's one of the things we'll talk about with growing is you're actually supposed to be producing fruit. Right? And, and so... Um, you know, I love what it says, apart from me, you can do nothing. That's harsh. But that's true. And he tells him in verse 60, And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. You know, one of the things that we see here is, and in, in, uh, we've seen where people actually just leave. Right? When Jesus says, follow me, and they just go. And we see that in Matthew chapter 4, verses 21 and 22. Because I, I, it's hard. You can say, you know, really, are you just going to leave right now and go follow Christ? But you see it in Scripture. It's, it, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 21, it says, going, going on from there, he said, uh, two other brothers, James the son of, of Zebedee and his brother John, they were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. And Jesus called them, and, and immediately they left the boat, and their father followed him. They, they immediately, at once, they just left. Bye, Dad. I'm out. I'm going to follow Christ. And that's what Christ is asking these three people, all three of these men. Follow me. If you're going to follow me, this is what you have to do. And so when he's calling them, he's telling them, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the gospel. One of the things that we must do is we must take that step of faith, that leap of faith, and, and not to allow fear from, uh, from doing the unknown, from the calling that God has placed on our life. Imagine that you have the answer. You know, you, you, you have the answer for eternal life. And, and we all have and will have eternity. But we have different addresses. See, if you don't choose to follow Christ here on earth, your eternal address will be hell. If you choose to follow Christ here on earth, you have eternal eternity in heaven. But one of the things that we, have, we must understand is that eternity starts here. And God wants you to actually go and proclaim the Gospel. Right? The Kingdom of God. And that's what we're called to do here in Divine. And so if, you, if you're, let's say you're a lifeguard on duty. Right? You're a lifeguard on duty and you got somebody drowning. Nope, nope, you got 200 people drowning. But you go, wait a minute. I, I, I can't go out there yet. I just ate. I gotta wait 20 minutes. Or 
You go, you know what? Let me pray about it. And then I'll go. How many people are drowning? How many people are going to hell? Because we're not willing to share and proclaim the kingdom of God to people. To share the gospel. You know what, man? I have been cursed at. I have been flipped off in an H-E-B. And it's okay. I wasn't trying to be rude or anything. I was just like, hey, are you all right? Can I pray for y'all? Everything okay? I mean, they were fixing to go in blows at the, in the produce aisle. They came in. The only reason why I know is because they came in yelling. I mean, to the top of their lungs. And, and you could just see the devil just working in that argument. And, and, uh, and it's sad, but at the end of the day, I was like, are you all right? Is there anything? I can, can I pray with you all? Are you okay? And I mean, I got, I got, flip, I got the one-finger salute right in my face. It's okay. You know what they argued about the rest of the time was me. Because they were like, that Christian, now you got to come up and tell us about God. And then I was like, okay, it's okay. Because at least you're not fighting it because they're all fixing to go at it. I thought they were going to have to get the security. I don't know if there's security at the H-E-B. They all say canine, but I've never seen the dog, right? That, that's a whole other thing. So when, when he tells us to go, to follow him, we should go immediately at once. We should take that leap of faith. And that's what America needs to start doing. Because what's happening now is, is the churches in America, they're, they're, they're so focused on... Man, if you watch any of the bigger churches, it's, just all, it's like a concert every week. And it's like, are, are, we got, are you getting out into the community and proclaiming the, the kingdom of God and sharing the gospel to people and actually discipling people and seeing them grow in Christ? And that's what, what we should be doing immediately at once. We know that there are people drowning and we need to check and ask and make sure, hey, all right, man, have you ever heard about Jesus Christ? Do you know, where, you know what's going to happen to you when you die? That's a great way to start a conversation. Because the first thing you get is, I know Christ, right? I know Christ. And a lot of them know the Christ where they think it's the Oprah Christ where it, all roads lead to heaven. And it's not. He's, he's the only way. But we need to go immediately at once. In Luke chapter 10, verses 2 and 4, it says, He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore send out workers into the harvest fields. Go, and I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. That don't sound fun, right? Don't take a purse or bag or sandals. He's telling you, hey, you know what? It's going to be uncomfortable. But if you're going to go to the cross with me, you're going to, you got to follow me. But that's why he says, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. He said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Our principal occupation should be to advance the cause of Christ on earth, right? Our principal occupation is not to have the biggest church not to have the, the concert effect, not to have the, uh, uh, you know, as we look at, like even for ourselves, individually, to have a light touch on the things of this earth, is not to go, well, now I need to have the summer home, or I want to have the lake house, or I want to have, or I, I need a bigger house. And, and those of us who are older, your kids move out. Unfortunately, they come back sometimes. But those of us who are older, your kids move out. And eventually, it's just going to be you and your wife. 
with a bunch of grandkids running around. And, and they get away with way more than because they're grandkids. They're allowed to, you know. And, uh, but at the end of the day, it's like we need to remember our principal occupation should be to advance the cause of Christ here on earth. And, and I think we've missed that a little bit. I think we've missed that a little bit because part of knowing and growing in Christ is discipling people and you know, coming alongside of them and seeing them grow. And, and that's an important part of Christianity. And the last point we have is in, in verses 61 and 62. It says, and so we see a choice requires an undivided heart. Yet another said, I will follow you. But here we go again. But let me first, right? So that's two in a row. But let me first say farewell to those at home. Got to go say goodbye to mom and pop, right? And Jesus said to him, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back as fit for the kingdom of God. And so again, we get another but and another let me first, right? The follower says, I want to say goodbye to my family. Doesn't sound too bad, right? You should be allowed to go say goodbye to his mom and dad. You know why he didn't? Again, during this time in the Middle East, when you said goodbye to your mom as a son, parties would happen. And parties would go on for days. Because you were going to go follow a rabbi. And you were going to be gone. And at that point, you belonged to the rabbi. And so they would have these parties that would last for days. And Jesus is saying, no. Here we go with the train. We were wondering if we were going to have a train come through. So this is awesome. Well, that's awesome. I'm going to let that go through. Praise God. Awesome. I, I know I'm in a country town when I, when I hear the train. Right? That reminds me of Georgia. So, And so we see, he says, uh, when he tells him, he says, no one puts his hands to the plow and looks back as fit for the kingdom of God. And so what he's saying is we must put our past life to death. We can't continue to go back to our old ways. And so what are you plowing? Think about it now. We don't have a lot of plowers in here, right? I don't know. Now, I remember, I've actually had to do that before. We went to my, my uncle's farm in Stone Mountain, Georgia. And, and he had the plow with the horse, and he would go and create the... And man, if you, if you weren't paying attention, you could get some crooked lines. But think about it as driving, Right? Thinking about his driving, how well do you drive like this? You don't, right? You can't. But that's why he's saying, like, that past life, put it to death. Put it to death. And so we need to, we need to remember that our hand is on the plow looking towards Christ. In John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is Nicodemus. And so Nicodemus is having an encounter with, with Christ and Nicodemus was somebody who was religious. And, and at that moment, like he had not, not really decided to follow Christ. But after his encounter with the Lord, we know he came to know the Lord and he was no longer just a religious leader but had a relationship with Jesus. Nicodemus had a spiritual rebirth. And, and so we need to remove, I think what happens is when we remove our hands off the pile, we become lost. 
We start allowing disobedience and sin to come back into our lives. And one of the things that we can think about is, is you know, you know in, in a way, you're a new creation in Christ. The old has died, right? Or the old has passed away. And so are you, are you grabbing that shovel and are you trying to dig the old person back up again? Because when you keep looking back thinking, man, I had such a great... No, you look forward. You look forward. You know, it's actually, you know, as we are committed and consistent in Christ and growing in Christ, you know, we look to be obedient in, in the application of the Word to actually love our neighbors. And I'm sure some of y'all got to do that during the, the snowbid thing. You got to help your neighbor. That's loving your neighbor. You're practicing something that God has shown you to do. I actually saw more of our neighbors during that time frame, during that little bit of stretching and suffering that people were going through. It's not really suffering when you're in your car. When you're in your Lexus or whatever, your car, it's not suffering. You got, a, you got the player, you got the whole nine, so it's not really suffering. But you're in your car. But what was happening is people were outside cooking on their gas grills because nobody had heat and power. And so we saw people actually uh, spending time together as neighbors. And so uh, what we look at is we look at the obedience to the application of Word. We look at being a committed and consistent Christian that's in fellowship, that comes together and serving and, and uh, humility and helping. It helps us to be more like Christ at home in our marriages and at work and in this community. And so when, we're, when we put our hands to the plow... That's what putting your hand to the plow is. It's like putting your hands, put your eyes on Christ, hands to the plow, and keep moving forward. And, and stop looking back. There's nothing back there for you. You know? It, it really, honestly, there's, I look back at my past life and I'm like, I don't, I'm good. I don't want to go back to that. I was a mess, man. I was a train wreck. And we see, you know, when we talk about immediately at once following Jesus Christ, and one of the things I love is in 1 Kings uh, chapter 19, verses 19 through 21, Elijah went uh, from there uh, and found Elijah, son of Shaphat, and he was plowing with the twelve yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving with twelve pair. Elijah went up and threw his cloak around him, and Elijah went, uh, and left the oxen and ran out to Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye. And he said, then I will come to you. Go back, Elijah replied, what I have, do, what I have done to you. And so Elijah uh, left him and went back and he took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment, took the cook, uh, took, cooked the, the meat and gave it to the people. And they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and become his servant. So we see here, Elijah is actually comes from a wealthy family. I mean, it, the, to have that many oxen, and, and what does he do? He just burns it all up. And then he feeds the neighbors. And then he leaves. So that's about his mom and dad. He's allowed to do that here in the Scripture. And and so we one of the things that, that um, we need to remember is we need to keep pressing forward. Uh, keeping our eyes moving forward and, and allowing the plow to get moved. You know, uh, in first, uh, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, 
But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward towards what lies ahead. And 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so, one of the things that hit me this week is uh, that song, uh, I Surrender All. You know, because when Jesus is telling them to follow Him, these are three different things that are going to, you know, you're going to let go of the things of this world. You could be homeless tonight. Following me. Right? And, and then the other, He says, you know what? Let the dead bury the dead. You know? And, and you, you see that procrastination that happens. How many times have you shared with somebody and they say, well, I'll come to know Christ when I get older. You may not make it till you get older, right? Um, and then, and then we see finally, like, uh, I, I, you know, I got, I got, uh, I'm gonna go say goodbye to my family. I got other things that I, I need to go do first before I follow you. Right? I need to go enjoy this party <laughs> that they're gonna throw for me. And and so, one of the things I love is I'm just gonna read you the song. It, it says. Um, all to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. All surrender, I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. And so when Jesus is coming to us and asking us to follow Him, and I know everybody here has made the choice to follow Christ. Right? And so we need to ask ourselves, do we still have our hands on the plow? And are we still willing to surrender at all? Right? And, and sometimes what happens with us is we start picking baggage back up. And we start looking back in the past. Or we start thinking, well, I, you know, I, that person hurt me back here. And you take your eyes off the plow and you're, you're looking back. I'm not, I'm, that really hurt, and I need to be able to, and you never move forward. Because you have unforgiveness on your heart. Maybe you've uh, taken your hands off the plow, and you've cho chosen to fall back into sin. And, and that happens. And we see divisions that happen in our, in our marriage. Uh, uh, we see that, that, that we can, we can have battles of depression and things that are going on in our lives and we're not willing to surrender it and we take our hands off the plow and take our eyes off of Christ. And you can even be dealing with an illness and God is saying, look, focus on me. Keep your hands on the plow. Surrender all. Now, I, I, when I say that, I say that from a person speaking of illness. Okay? Because I have one and I know what it's like to be sick. And surrendering all is something that happens daily. It, it's not easy. Those days when you get up at whatever time you wake up and you feel like you need to go right back to bed because you're that sore, you're that hurt, you're in that much pain. But it's like, again, am I going to keep my hands to the plow? Am I going to surrender all? And follow Christ? Am I going to trust Him 
And they told me, you know, all kinds. Of, we we find out, you know, people deal with different illnesses, deal deal with depression, deal with uh, thoughts of suicide, deal with all of those wonderful sins of alcohol and drugs and pornography. Are we going to surrender it all and keep our hands on the plow? Have we taken our hands off the plow and allowed those things back into our lives? And so I'm going to close up with prayer, and then I'm going to ask Lester to come up and. He's going to actually sing that song for us. And, and um, you know what? Uh, and at the end of the day, I just want you to take a moment and listen to the words of it. If there's anything that you need to surrender, do that. That's between you and God. Right? If you need prayer for anything, I'm here. Lester's here. School of Ministry guys are here. Matt's here. So we can, we can all pray for you all. And also, we, we definitely will do that. But if there's anything that's holding you back from following Him, immediately you need to let go. Immediately at once and follow. Know Him. Grow in Him, right? And surrender all to Him. That's what Jesus is asking. He's not asking for some. He's asking for all. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we do thank You, Lord, for today. I do pray and just ask that You continue to bless uh Bless us as we leave here. I thank you so much for Lester and Melissa coming out and, and being with us and doing worship for us. It's such an honor uh, to have them here on, the, on, on day one. And we just pray, Lord, that we just continue glorifying you as we sing this song, as we uh, come before you. If there's anything that we have to surrender, that we would just do that. Um, that we would surrender whatever is holding us from putting our hands to the plow and keeping us from from losing focus on what we're supposed to be doing. Let us keep our eyes on You. Let us keep our eyes towards the cross that we should deny ourselves and, and die daily to follow You immediately at once. And Lord, let us go out and proclaim the kingdom of God. Don't let us be afraid to share Christ with somebody. Father God, I thank You so much for today. And uh, just thank You all so much for everybody who made it out. We pray for our application. We pray for um, just this week as we get into the book of Nehemiah on Wednesday night at 7. We just thank you so much. And we do again pray for this building and pray for Marcus and the family. Uh, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All to Jesus.